Some say you are John the Baptist. Others say you are Elijah. And still there are others who claim that you are one of the prophets. My dear friends in Christ, there is hardly anything in the gospel that shows the sheer force of the personality of Jesus as does this incident. This moment was like a crisis in the personal life of the Lord. Whatever his disciples might be thinking, he knew for sure that ahead lay an inescapable cross. Things could not go on much longer. The opposition to him, the opposition to his mission, was gathering itself to strike. The problem that was confronting the Lord at this point was this. Had he any effect at all? Had he any effect at all? He wanted to find out. Did I have any effect to anybody at all? Had he achieved anything at all? Had anyone discovered who he really was? If he had lived and taught and moved among people and then no one got a glimpse of who he really is, that he is God, then all his work, all his miracles, all the parables, all the teachings had gone for nothing. And there was one way that he could leave a message with people and that was to write the message on someone's heart. Write the message on someone's heart. And so at this moment, our Lord put all things to the test. He asked the disciples what people were saying about him and what are some popular rumors and reports about him. And when he asked the question, there was a breathless silence. He put a question that meant so much. Who do you say that I am? And suddenly everybody was quiet and it was Peter, the primus inter pares, the first among equals, the spokesman of the twelve, the most talkative. It was Peter who realized what he had always known deep down in his heart. And Peter said, Oh, you are the Messiah, Lord. You are the Christ. You are the Anointed One. You are the Son of God. And with that confession of Peter, our Lord knew that he did not fail. That he was able to write his message on somebody else's heart. On Peter's heart. Now we come to a question. That has been half put and half answered in detail or the whole gospel is not fully intelligible. No sooner had Peter made this discovery that Jesus told him and told the others what he must undergo. Our Lord said to them, 
the Son of Man must suffer greatly. He will be rejected by the elders and the chief priests, the scribes, and be killed and rise after three days. What were the messianic ideas that were in the minds of people when Jesus came? They were violent, they were nationalistic, they were destructive, they were vengeful. No wonder Jesus had to re-educate the disciples on the meaning of this of messiahship. No wonder they crucified him in the end as a heretic. There was no room for a cross and there was little room for suffering in a picture like that. And when Jesus connected messiahship with suffering and death, he was making statements that were to the disciples incredible. He was making statements that were to the disciples incomprehensible all their lives. They had thought of the Messiah in terms of irresistible con conquest. They were now being presented with an idea that surprised them that the Messiah will suffer, that the Messiah will be hung on the cross, that the Messiah will die on the cross. That is why Peter violently protested and said, No, this cannot happen to you, Lord. Because to Peter, the whole thing was impossible. The whole idea was crazy. And so the Lord rebuked Peter sternly because Peter was putting into words the very temptations of Satan. The very temptations of Satan. You remember the temptations of Satan addressed to the Lord? If you want to be this, if you want to be that, at this moment, he was again fighting the battle of temptations in the wilderness. This was the devil in Peter tempting him again to fall down and worship him, to take his way instead of the way of God. The tempter is in the person of Peter. That is why the Lord said, Get behind me, Satan. Your place is not in front of me. You cannot dictate to me. Your place is behind me. My dear brothers and sisters, in today's gospel, the tempter actually is not Satan, but a well-meaning friend, a close disciple in the person of Peter, who in good faith rebuked and advised Jesus to avoid suffering and defeat. According to Peter, Jesus is Messiah, he is son of God, and he will be he cannot be a suffering Messiah, a defeated Messiah on the road to Calvary. And when Peter was saying this, our Lord recognized the voice of Satan on the lips of Peter. Satan is the enemy in Peter's advice. Peter is taking up the role of the tempter in this gospel and that is why the Lord reprimands Peter and commands him Peter Satan take your proper place your proper place is to be behind not in front of me you are my follower Peter 
I am the leader. The Lord says, You are my follower. You stay there. That is your proper place. You are a stumbling block to my mission. That is why the Lord said to him, Get behind me, Satan. You are thinking not as God does, but as men do. Amen.